This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. with one of their only statement wins of the year so far, a game that included an OG Ananobi Dirk fadeaway, a snaked pick and roll, a spin to the rim for an end one finish. OG Ananobi is back. The vibes, they're immaculate. And the Raptors get a win against the Bucks, who didn't have Drew Holiday, but still profile as a very good team. And... I think it was uh, Assad Swarlazers on Twitter who said that if the Raptors win today, the season starts today. And if they don't, forget about it. I, I feel that a little bit. Throw everything in the trash. It's dead. Like Frank Reynolds or my dear friend Dana Smart on Twitter. Also, a uh, big shout out to Emma Brown, the number one OG stand in the world. I hope you enjoyed tonight's performance. But yes, the Raptors beat the Bucks. Very impressive performance. OG, of course, it's so nice to see him after 10 games who were gone. But Fred Van Vliet didn't have a 54-point performance. But given the stakes, given the matchup, and given how well he performed, this is in close contention for his best game of the year so far. When I tell you that he was really, really sharp on ball, off ball, the process, the decision-making, everything was there And he followed that through. So even though he had a somewhat inefficient part of the game, it came back around because the way he was playing was so perfect. It felt like he understood the tempo exactly. Off ball, on ball, the decisions always correct. The willingness to punish a drop defense that the Bucs are playing and make Brooke Lopez kind of a difficult matchup for the Bucs to walk out there because Fred Van Vliet is going to pull up from three in the pick and roll. He'll get into the middle of the floor. He'll hit from midi, and he'll punish a drop defense. If I were to tell you that this existed now, 
after you watch, let's say, you know, the Sixers or the Bucks series, even of the championship run, where Fred hit a ton of threes in the last, what, three, four games? I think three games against the Bucks. Yes, but the middle of the court basically didn't exist for him. And especially against the 76ers, he was just crowded. This game, he operated so smooth, so comfortably in the middle of the court. They just blew me away. The fact that he had Giannis on him and he got Giannis below the nail, almost to the hash marks and give him a little bump and hit a step back mid-range jumper over top of him. In When the game is close, my God, Fred, keep improving. I'm enjoying watching so much. Pascal, poor shooting night from the field as far as that goes. But taking all the extra attention that the defense has on him, making good passes, a couple turnovers in this one after leaving his feet, that's life. Uh, But still, pretty good passing, pretty good decision-making, and defensively, so rangy. Back to OG. The three-point shooting, of course, was sincerely and severely missed. But maybe most impressively, two-man actions, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, especially late, OG was the linchpin in stopping a lot of that. He's just, he's an immense defender. Everybody was propping him up as a defensive player of the year. Hopeful this year with the Raptors poor record. I think that's out of, out the window, maybe even all NBA at this point with missed games, but he's there. And just because the NBA might not recognize him or writers or whoever is voting, right? He's there. His ability to change a team's game plan and the way they attack when he's in the area, it's really impressive. And it's one of the best in the league. And he exacted his dominance defensively on the Bucs offense. And the Raptors being able to pull away late was largely due to OG being able to absolutely demolish uh, an offensive set. I loved it. The Raptors, Kyle Lowry in and out of the game, Tweaking that ankle twice, that's not good news. But man, he was dynamite when he was in. And that was was maybe my favorite part of this game was Fred, honestly. Lowry leaving the game allowed for Fred to just put on a masterclass down the stretch, yes. But Fred mixing the in-between when he was playing next to Lowry impressed me so much. And it's just the calmness with which he facilitated or looked for his own shot. I was floored by Fred's performance in this one. And yeah, I've, I've already talked about it. Good minutes from Baines as well. He played down the stretch. He didn't close, but pretty good defensive minutes from him. You maybe weren't expecting because I think a lot of people thought as soon as the Raptors decided they're going to start the, the small ball lineup, you know, OG at the five, Pascal the four, Norm at three, Fred at two, Kyle at one. You know, the latter two, you can switch, you know, liberally, whatever you want to do. I guess it depends on who they're guarding on the other end. But Baines found 17 minutes on the floor, and they were pretty good minutes. Obviously, the offense, still not there. But he was mobile, trying to set his screens. He finished on the roll a couple times. And he gave us some good rotations defensively. The The rebounding, obviously, is still not a huge part of his game. Boucher was more impressive in this one. But the Raptors... They figured this one out, and maybe this game wouldn't have even been this close if OG wasn't coming back from the calf strain that he had because he only played 26 minutes. In this game, typically, I think OG, if if everybody's healthy, all told, OG is playing, you know, 38, 39, the same as Van Vliet or Siakam. So 
very, very impressive win in this one. Norm didn't put on his buck killer hat this time around, and that's okay because Norm has just been killing the game every game. And so, you know, a little bit of a letdown. That's all right. He was still efficient, smaller role in this one. And yeah, so the Raptors starting five. Huge. They they were so impressive in this game. Came out gangbusters in that first quarter. Jumped out to a huge lead. Shot making. The four, you know, basically like Pascal Siakam's on ball. And, you know, if you're looking at Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez, two top five defensive player of the year candidates last year, Giannis winning. And, you know, Brooke has, there's a bit of a, a letdown on that end of the floor for the Bucks this year. But Looking at that, that's an extremely tough matchup for a guy who's not shooting the ball particularly well from outside. Pascal had more room than he could dream of because of the small ball lineup, because OG is spacing out to the corner, Norm's spacing out to the other corner, and do you want to sag off of Fred or Kyle? Not likely. And this also meant, and something I really liked, I'm not sure if this was a wrinkle they added in, or if this is Siakam deciding, hey, I'm bigger relative to my other players on the court because Baines isn't out there. Let me get on the glass a little bit more. But grab and go. I've always loved this aspect of Pascal's game, especially because he has an advanced handle for his position. Obviously, the handle needs to progress more if he wants to be you know, a bona fide first star, of course. But for his position, he's operating with an advanced handle. He is a cheetah. He's one of the fastest players in the league. When he can get up court, he causes problems for the defense. He beat Brooke Lopez down court a few times. And the Raptors make threes when teams have to collapse on Pascal Siakam. When he's able to do that and turn possessions that wouldn't otherwise be transition or look like transition, that's when you're looking at a very dangerous open floor operator. He beat Lopez down the floor. They had to collapse. He found Fred or Kyle or Norm or OG popped it out to them. They're just sitting wide open. It's it's a practice jump shot, and they're all good shooters. So Pascal pushes, beating guys down the floor. The Bucks they obviously collapse. They, they respond, and that's just little things that Pascal can do. You think back to Russell Westbrook in his MVP year, they were much, much better. Their offensive rating skyrocketed when Russell Westbrook was the guy who grabbed the defensive rebound. Why is that? Because he can get you into pseudo transition or into transition at a much higher clip than if a guy like Steven Adams were to grab the board and that transfer of Adams to Westbrook slowed everything down. It gives Brooke Lopez, for example, two extra steps if it were Baines handing off to Siakam. This way, Siakam is catching it over his head, spinning, turning right down the court, and he's there. And Lopez, Giannis at times, they're all struggling to keep up. Huge aspect of what makes the Raptors successful. Grab and go Siakam. It doesn't mean he has to overhaul the whole offense, although he did have more screen action in this game. That was really nice to see. But it's just a small thing the Raptors should look for more and just requires them to say, Pascal, push, even if it's not every time. Even if you slow down and, you know, pitch it off to Kyle or Fred, bring it up quickly, see what's there. And we'll let you figure out if you want to take stuff when when it presents itself. Love that. That was obviously, that was very evident early on. The Bucks they got their offense by Giannis. Well, transition for one. The Bucks will always push in transition. It's advantageous for their team. 
it fits a lot of what they like to do, of course. But Giannis identifying Boucher, I think, um, early on in these games, in this game, and just maybe not even identifying him, but just seeing right past him and getting red eyes for the rim, taking it to the tin. And guys like Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, the Raptors play a very extreme brand of defense. Their scheme, there's so much chase, there's so much action, and that action is directed primarily at most of the other team's big guns. Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so here's the thing. Giannis, he can power pass some of that, and he can also get in out in transition. And even if you, you know, form up, build that wall, he can still get to his spots. Chris Middleton, when they blitzed his actions, he was having a much, much tougher time. And you should credit the Raptors for the record with that because Chris Middleton has become a much improved passer and he had zero assists in this game. That's huge for the Raptors. DiVincenzo had eight because he's still operating as, you know, even though Bryn Forbes is the de facto point guard in their starting lineup, DiVincenzo is still on ball quite a bit. He runs pick and roll and he's a good connective passer. So all that's going on, but the Raptors, they are identifying the guys they don't want to score. Giannis kind of beats that, but the Raptors are living with that. Middleton, tough game for him. Pat Connaughton, though, that, <laughs> I mean, it always happens because of the extreme defense. As I say, the Raptors, they force teams to mold into something different, and they have to play a little bit different. And that means that suddenly a bunch of shots that might have gone to a Dante DiVincenzo or Bryn Forbes or Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton, they are now all of a sudden going to Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis just because of the way the Raptors load up. Connaughton had 20, Portis had 16, and Connaughton had like 16 in the first nine minutes, which he passed his season high in the first eight or nine minutes of the game. That's what the Raptors are doing. In this game, it actually worked. And maybe it wouldn't have as well if Drew Holiday wasn't in. But, you know, that's a hypothetical, and we're not dealing with hypotheticals. The Raptors haven't had OG for 10 games. Kyle Lowry only played 21 minutes in this one. We'll, we'll deal with what's happening on the floor. So the Raptors, the defensive scheme that has been struggling against other teams somewhat, and especially those with good tertiary ball handlers, did a really good job of shutting down a lot of what the Bucks like to do. And with Drew Holiday out, that I would say the Bucks' best perimeter defender, DiVincenzo is also very good, but Drew Holiday is Drew. The Bucks have been in the 20s virtually in any defensive metric since Drew has been out, and they're susceptible to different types of offense. The Raptors got downhill more effectively. Fred Van Vliet, most of all, as I said, beating the Bucks in the middle of the floor. This is a new progression for him, especially against this team that boasts so much length. I love you, Fred. I love what you did tonight. I thought it was just an absolute peach of a game. You continue to impress, my guy. I will continue to advocate for you as the Raptors' lone all-star because there's no way they're getting two. And Fred, you've been the most consistent. You've lifted the team when things were tough, and you've had some really standout games. This one, the 54-point game, and everything in between. Loved his performance tonight. DeAndre Bembry did his thing. I thought that he had some really nice possessions in help side defense. He's a rangy guy, but just straight up getting a couple minutes on Giannis, doing his best to contain, and active, always active, and, and finding his own shots. He hit a little baby hook, 
He cuts against the defense. And sometimes the Bucks they'll be really stationary. You can cut against them. And as long as Brooke Lopez or Giannis, one of those two, is a little bit out of, you know, they're bent out of shape. They're out of uh, position. Then you can, find a, you can find a little seam. You can get a little bucket at the rim. Bembry, he, f- he finds seams all the time. And uh, yeah, I'll plug my stuff too. If you're interested in Bembry, there's a big piece I wrote on him about just about how he's been playing so far this year. And you can read that at Raptors Republic if you so choose. But regardless, the Raptors tied after the first quarter with the Bucks, tied going into halftime, playing pretty even at this point, and the Bucks relying on tertiary guys plus Giannis. That's how they're finding success. The Raptors, bunch of different people pitching in. Chris Boucher hitting three-pointers. Well, because, you know, if there's a Fred and Chris Boucher pick and roll, and it doesn't really matter who's involved, it, they're going to chase Fred. That's, that's how you play him. And Brooke Lopez or Giannis is going to drop. So you're dropping against Fred. I already discussed that Fred is hitting mid-range jumpers or pulling up from three if he can get the clearance. Chris Boucher is popping. And he's been pretty good on the short roll this year. That happened like two times that I can remember. But Chris Boucher is popping. And there's just a lot of space for the Raptors to operate beyond the arc when you run that type of pick and roll. And if Fred gets chased, then Chris Boucher has a guy who's dropped in front of him, and the other defender is chasing Fred, presumably into the paint or leaking out to about the the 45 extended. So, Chris Boucher, 4 of 7 from downtown in this one. Love, love, love to see it. When Kyle was in the game, just brilliant on-ball decision-making, and his his pull-up was really nice, the spot-up three-point shooting good. OG hitting those contested corner threes that, He's just unflappable in some moments, and he can't be stopped when he's rising up. So, you know, Jalen Brown knows best, his his huge game winner in the bubble. But the Raptors, they found their way to offense, and not in a very difficult manner. They they had it going to some degree. Also, just for a defensive wrinkle, OG and Pascal were pretty fluid operating at the five when they shared the floor there. And even with Chris Boucher and Pascal, just because of for some stuff, the Raptors wanted to be able to switch like the 2-5 screen and roll or any type of Giannis action just to be able to load up. So that was that was a cool, fluid little thing because that's typically not the way the Raptors go. That was nice to see. So that was good. But the third quarter felt like, to me, the Fred Van Vliet quarter. And he dominated in his own way. The passing is not world-ending. It never has been. But it's competent. It's what the Raptors need at times, especially if he's going to put the pressure on as a scorer like he did. That's what you're going to do. The Raptors take the third and the fourth quarters. They win both of them. 30 to 27, I think the third. 30 to 22, I think the fourth. And the fourth really was, obviously Fred kept it going. Pascal did his thing. And OG, as I talked about at the top, defensively. But Pascal, even though he missed shots, I thought the fourth quarter for him was a really, really strong finish. Love to see it. Baines had a defensive stretch as well that I also liked. But yeah, Pascal, grab and go, pseudo transition, transition, creating opportunities for his teammates. Seams open up. He's finding the right guys, helping the Raptors push ahead. And honestly, an ISO here and there against Brooke Lopez. Brooke, the foot speed isn't exactly where it was even a year ago. And 
he's being put in a position where there's not a ton of help side behind him because, you know, Pascal was very smart about choosing his battles and typically chose when Giannis wasn't able to extend over to provide help at the rim. A couple times, he got Brooke to take a step too far out and then slip to the bucket. I really like seeing that from Pascal because Pascal, as we know, as has been the case, has a lot of skills and talents that lay dormant to some degree and that have been burgeoning. He has a bunch of different stuff to juggle all at once. So him playing the correct game of picking and choosing what to do and doing a good job of it, that's basically all I want to see from Pascal. And that's why, although OG, I think the lion's share of defensive attention, he should be getting, he was great defensively to close the game. But Pascal, even though Fred was better for the totality of the game offensively, Pascal, I thought, had an extremely strong close to the game with the ball in his hands. I loved it. I was very, very proud of OG, Fred, and Pascal in the way that they closed this game. And Boucher slipping in at the end too, closing the game out, adding his length to the rim when necessary, doing his best to be mobile. He still has, you know, he has trouble navigating the pick and roll defensively, but the Raptors, on the strength of their young trio, Fred, Pascal, and OG Ananobi, they beat the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the uh, reigning Defensive Player of the Year and MVP, and Chris Middleton, who is profiling as, at the very least, a third-team All-NBA player, and DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, Bryn Forbes, a host of other impressive players. So, big, big win tonight. Huge Really fun game to watch, too. The the way they played, full of energy, full of pep. But yes, the Reggie Evans Award, I couldn't give it to anybody else except for OG Ananobi. You guys know me. I like OG a lot. His compete level in this game, huge fan of what was going on there. So much fun. And anybody who can hang with Giannis and Chris Middleton, two-man actions down the stretch, and give you a little bit of what you need, on the offensive end and just have these insane flashes of potential like the Dirk fadeaway and snaking the pick and roll, slithering into the lane with a, a, oh my God, like a spin and one and just hitting contested three-point shots. What more could you want at this point? He's 23 years old. He's playing all NBA defense. He's doing this. What a return and all in 26 minutes. So the Reggie Evans Award goes to him. The top quick reaction comment is from Rye, R-Y-E, quote, So this is what I've been saying, and this is what it can look like when we play our top six with playoff rotation minutes and get a decent 15 minutes each from Baines and someone else, Bembry. Our top six can compete with anyone in the East in the playoffs. We won't be sweeping anyone, but four three wins are possible if we hit threes, attack the rim, and play swarming D, end quote. So yeah, the Raptors, their top end talent, I think is, can measure up with a lot of teams. I think that, you know, I talked about Fred, Pascal and OG a ton in this podcast. Of course, you can add Kyle to that. I, you know, huge fan of Bembry. I think everybody should know that, especially if you read my work or listen to the podcast. And they can hang with a lot of teams. The uh, The thing about being a team that can win 4-3 repeatedly is that 4-3 series aren't always guaranteed to allow the better team to move on, even if the Raptors profile as that. You have to be a team that can absolutely dominate throughout the playoffs to get through to the end. Typically, it's hard to like get by on gumption and play seven-game series after seven-game series. And even when the Raptors did that on their way to the chip, 
like the seven game series and six game series against uh, Philly and then the Bucks, that they still had Kawhi and they were still that team is underrated by history currently. Maybe it won't be into the future, but they still they underperformed. And that's the thing is this Raptors team does not have room to underperform if they're going to make any noise in the playoffs. And that's, you know, and if they play to their best ability, if everybody rises up, then this team represents a really, really interesting second round, possibly third, if things get really crazy, right? So, yeah, I, I agree with most of what you say here. It's just the the hopefulness of, like, maybe we can just steal our way to whatever you're uh, alluding to. Actually, I, I should clarify what I think you're alluding to, and which is some grand playoff success. I, I'm not super sure. There's the Raptors... They still have to get better, significantly so. And uh, hopefully this is the first step to that, though. So, Rai, thank you for commenting. Listener, thank you for listening. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.